Right into it. All right, this episode is an old, a very old episode that we did during Two Friends Three Questions in honor of the late great Jimmy Buffett. We wanted to uh, re-release the episode in which Mitch tried to convince me to become a Buffett head. Uh, so we uh, spent a lot of time talking about Mr. Buffett. And uh, full disclosure, it's a completely normal episode, so th- there are tangents. So be prepared for that. <laughs> Um, but it felt weird to just slice and dice it. Uh, so I just wanted it to be like the natural episode that we released all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just as like a tribute because we talk a lot about Buffett and a lot of the interesting things about him. At the time, there's probably going to be moments where I'm a little bit harsh towards Buffett. Uh, but at the time, he was alive and I just wasn't really a fan. Uh, I think by the end of everything, Mitch kind of convinced me at least a little bit. And to this day, I'm still not necessarily 100% hyped on the guy's music, but I have a lot more respect for the guy. For sure. Um, definitely converted me over the years. Yeah, and I haven't listened to this episode in a very long time, and I probably won't before it even re-airs, so I'm, I don't know what to expect. Um, but if I if I do recall, um, you were pretty much convinced. And, and despite what... Despite the conversation that happened on the episode, um, I do know that you know, being your friend, you 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 were converted, uh, if not to the music, to the lifestyle. Because even your, I think, thirtieth birthday party, we had a Jimmy Buffett party, and it was uh, a blast. You were wearing the Hawaiian shirt, you were wearing the captain's hat, um, and I know you, I know you like. yeah, I know you're a fan now. So anyway, yeah, we wanted to just kind of like re- re-release this episode to kind of like, uh, you know, pay our respects to Jimmy Buffett, who uh, uh, was a huge, uh, uh, me and my wife are both big fans, and we were pretty disappointed to hear about the news. But um, yeah, well, I was, I, I before we get into it, I wanted to tell you the quick, like, basically recap of like, what happened when we found out that uh, Jimmy Buffett Oh, died. that's right. It yeah, was yeah. when we were in Cincinnati. And it, we were we were pretty bummed about it. And then at one point in the day, we kind of decided to go to a tiki bar. And at this tiki bar, I didn't even really think that there would be, uh, you know, I don't think that I didn't think there would be anybody talking about Jimmy Buffett. To be honest, I was like, we're in OTR in Cincinnati. This is like a hipster place. Uh, but we walk in, and um, since it's a tiki bar, everybody's wearing their Hawaiian shirts. They had Jimmy Buffett playing like on the TV. Like they pulled up one of his live YouTube videos, which is something I do for my Jimmy Buffett parties. Uh, they had free. Uh, they were passing out free shots of the Margaritaville liquor in honor of Jimmy Buffett. And uh, man, it was just such a good time. It, it kind of reminded me that like the community behind Jimmy Buffett and what he stood for is much more important than the music. Like, you know, the uh, yeah, what, what he stood for and the whole like live carefree attitude Um I, I is what I really like learn to embrace, and I think you'll I guess kind of hear that in that ep- this episode a little bit more. So that's that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I think the only thing I'll add is is uh, no, I think you're right. I I don't know if I'm gonna really ever listen to Jimmy Buffett, but with <laughs> yeah. that being said, uh, you know he be because of his lifestyle and his demeanor and 
And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he had Margaritaville. I mean, there's a business aspect, but I genuinely think that like the guy was just kind of fucking cool and was what, what he did for me is definitely made me feel um, able to be goofy and to have a good time. And that's something that's hard for me. And, uh, but with that being (laughs) said, (laughs) Jimmy Buffett definitely helped me embrace a goofier side, a laid back side of myself and to not take myself so seriously. And, uh, quite frankly, I owe him a lot for that. And I owe you a lot for that because I didn't have that aspect of my personality for many years. So embracing Buffett and Lay's and quite frankly, way too alcoholic drinks uh you know allowed me to uh yeah take a take a more every now and then man you gotta fly down to the bahamas and (laughs) you drink your life away and get melanoma on the beach and you know well me and me and erica were talking about it and um i kind of came to a conclusion that i came to recently so i don't think i mentioned this specifically on the podcast but i was kind of comparing it to um like going to a jimmy buffett concert is a really cool kind of getaway from your problems the the best thing i can compare it to is it's like a ren fair for people that are not into ren fairs interesting (laughs) yeah that kind of tracks you're kind of playing a part you put on a costume yeah you know you kind of go all out and not you know care about what other people think like but also i'm not you know i don't give a shit about the renaissance era um (laughs) i just want to drink margaritas and put on a tommy bahama yeah no i I think that's a very valid point well thank you mr buffett for um everything that you did for us uh uh, honestly uh rest in peace we appreciate it You know I had to do it. Can you hear it all right? Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. This is an actual, this is not a parody. This is a Jimmy Buffett song called Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw. (laughs) In parentheses, (laughs) and screw. (laughs) All right, welcome back. That was Mr. James Buffett, Why Don't We Get Drunk. (laughs) And and parentheses, and (laughs) screw. Parentheses, and screw, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man, man, I'm excited to be back. Today's going to be a good episode. (laughs) Mitch, Mitch is... Is a little much this morning. <laughs> Mitch, I'm a Mitch little is going. He's living a little bit extra. I'm loving it. I'm loving the energy, but it is cracking me up. I just got back from um, vacation, and I knew we were going to talk about Jimmy Buffett today. Spoiler alert! So I know you guys can't see me, but I, I'm wearing my best Hawaiian Tommy Bahama shirt, my uh, my lei, and the guy with captain's hat. We're getting into it. <laughs> yeah, he he is quite dolled up. This, I like how you have these weird personas 
you're like a professional wrestler. You're like Mick Foley. Like I you, do. You have like like three different personalities. So I've got like the Wu Tang, the hip hop sea captain in front of me. That's true. And then we have like your your Hulk Hogan thing where you wear yeah. an American flag bandana and no sleeves. Yeah, I it's getting out of hand. I have quite a few costumes in my closet. And then I and I do still consider like Uncle Blazer to be when you dress like a hipster. Like that's Uncle Blazer to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do that a lot too, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. You got it you got a lot. I have I have pretty much one primarily <laughs> one look, one thing. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Well, we'll, we'll get into it later. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I have this laying around. That's kind of embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I just have all this shit. It's yeah. just here in my house. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I do have a few different personas. One is just like when I wear a bandana, I kind of like take on a different personality. I, I usually break out my bandana when I'm about to get really drunk. Um, yeah. So yeah. I call it Bandana Mitch. <laughs> Bandana uh, bitch. It's not very clever, but um Mark Bandana bitch. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> that is that character. Mark Bandana bitch. Yeah, exactly. Well that's what I'm gonna um, start calling it from now on. Yeah, you definitely get you definitely get more redneck when the bandana and sleeves aren't involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens way you too get often. More, yeah, you get more redneck, and then you do have this like weird middle aged boomer thing with the hip hop sea captain. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like I, you're into shit that I don't really get what <laughs> you're into. It. It's really confusing. It's like a uh, Kyle Canaan has a joke. He's like, it's like a hipster Serpico. I don't even know what I who I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Can we start a band called Hipster Serpico? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> We're just going to get like Muppet Babies tattoos and not really sure why. Like, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> is this real? Oh, man. Is this ironic? <laughs> <laughs> have, have, have I internet? <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Uh, sorry, deep cut. Anyways. That was a deep cut. Mitch, we are going to do a lot of things today. Yes, lots we are of going. Stuff. We we have both went on various trips. We're gonna we're gonna forego the lightning round. We're gonna talk about our trips, share some of those experiences. You're gonna convince me why I like Jimmy Buffett now. Yeah, <laughs> it, we got a lot on the docket today, so I think we need to just get into it. I think we need to hop into what you're drinking. That sounds like a plan, man. Let's do it. And if I swear to God. If you're drinking anything that has to do with Jimmy Buffett, I'm going to freak out. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course you are. I mean, why wouldn't you be? Oh, you're going to hate this then. All right. So I have picked out a nice selection. I have got a Land Shark lager. Um, it is a. Have you ever had Land Shark? Yeah, it, I, yeah, I have. It, it tastes have. exactly like Corona, uh, but it is uh, from Margaritaville Brewing Company in St. Louis, Missouri. I don't know if you knew that or not. I I, I didn't um, because I did not picture Margaritaville being in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, yeah, I picked this out because Landshark Lager uh, in Margaritaville Brewing Company is owned by. The one and only Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Yep. God, we are really on theme. And I'm drinking it out of my 
commemorative Margaritaville blender glass. <laughs> that I picked up on vacation this week. Uh, (laughs) Paid a lot of money for that, so decided to take it home. Yeah, it says booze in a blender. Uh, That's a margarita. uh, That's a lyric in Margaritaville. (laughs) All right. Oh, yeah, we're doing this. (laughs) We are full tilt on this here. Uh, Yeah, so also, um, we'll get into this a little bit later, too, but I drank exactly one case of Landshark Lager the past six days. I had 24 beers <laughs> on vacation. Oh man, <laughs> it's, I'm, it's not I'm scared bad. to talk about. I, I, I'm scared <laughs> to talk about mine. <laughs> oh really? Uh, okay. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I ran out of uh, land sharks by like day, like the last day or two. I was completely out, so I just stuck to rum and coke. Um, so I could have drank more than a case, but I just didn't want to go buy more so yeah what about you so first off what are you drinking <laughs> all right so i i kind of went a little bit weird with it i simple yet strange uh i'm i'm drinking a heineken oh nice <laughs> all right random ass beer that i don't think we've drank on the podcast yeah i don't think we have either i'm a heineken fan i like it I have a love hate with heineken and that's why i'm hopping in here um that's kind of why I wa- that's kind of why i got it i was like you know I, I want to revisit Heineken and see how I feel. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I'm excited for that. Um, I, I have this thing with anything that comes in a green bottle, I'm a big fan of, but I think it all tastes the same. Stella, you, Heineken, even kind of Rolling Rock. Uh, I kind of disagree with you on the Rolling Rock. I, I agree between Stella and Heineken, though, mm-hmm. because, like, but Heineken, the skunkiest of beers ever. Yeah, this is, really. But it's like a good skunk. Mm, okay, okay. It's like a Pepe Le Pew kind of skunk. Ah, right you know? on, right on. <laughs> you know, a little date rapey, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I had, yeah, a, I, don't uh, I had a Stella at the airport yesterday at 10 in the morning because we got there too early and there were bars open. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get a big old Stella before my flight. Oh, yeah. That's that's kind of a... Uh, it's, Stella really isn't a high class beer, but <laughs> I know, right? They go through a lot of work to make you think it is. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you don't have a strong opinion on Land Shark, nor I of Heineken, really, other than this is beer. Um, yeah. I, I, I will. The one thing I'll say about Heineken is that it is it is a beer for people who drink beer. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't like beer, you will hate Heineken because there is no subtlety. Mm-hmm. in Heineken. It smells super strong. It tastes super strong. Um, but I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah it's it been is a while. Best out of a bottle, for sure. True that. True that. <sighs> um. All right. Well, that's what we're drinking. Nothing really exciting, except for Mitch. Because um, <laughs> that glass looks fucking ridiculous. It's, uh, it's a little much. It's a little much. Uh, I, I I got I ordered this when we went to Margaritaville, and uh, it came with a, a, a rum drink inside. So this was like 24 Damn. ounces of just like rum. So we got a little messed up. <laughs> no, I could see that. I could see that. Um, all right. Well, with uh, beer in hand, Mitch... Let's talk about our trips. Yeah, let's do it. And compare some notes. So, where 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 should we start? Uh, did you you should go first. I'm pretty curious. Okay. I've already shared a little much, so you go ahead. Yeah, my trip was a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. I, I just I went camping for three days. Um, we went to Cowan Lake, 
it's a state park in Ohio. Um, not a whole lot really exciting there. My beer number is I brought 32 beers in a cooler. Mm-hmm. And it was a hodgepodge. If I had some PBR, I had some Miller Night. I drank all 32 beers in three days. In three days? No way. Damn. I thought I was going to come in and impress you with like me drinking a case of beer in a week. But nothing. <laughs> well, you've embarrassed me. because <laughs> Now, granted, there was other people drinking the beer with me. So yeah. do I, did I drink all 32 beers? No. But we drank more than 32 beers yeah. between like three dudes. Okay. <laughs> so... And we were really only there Friday night and Saturday night. We left very early Sunday morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's 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 a bit. That's a bit of beer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, we, we had like sixty beers between the three of us, like <laughs> that we brought, and I think I only came home with like eleven. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not so, bad. So I mean, we, we we definitely did some damage. We definitely yeah. did some damage. So yeah. Other than that, camping was honestly fun it was a lot of fun uh you know i i went with uh you know aaron and 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 his wife and they and they brought their daughters which was super cool because it was fun to do that with them um it was hot as shit Mm -hmm. um and as we kind of talked about yeah we were just in tents tents there is nothing quite like how hot a tent gets in the middle of the fucking oh day. Oh my god, yeah. With no shade. Oh my lord. It is so hot in a tent. Yeah. Because changing in a tent is <laughs> is rough stuff. It's the worst, um, man. And did you sleep on the ground? Like do it all out? Yeah, yeah. We did not have an air mattress. Everybody okay. else did. We yeah. we didn't we didn't do that route. Um essentially the best way to me to sum up the camping trip is that I am not 16 anymore (laughs) exactly bro i came home i was sore for days my hips my hips were fucked up my shoulders were fucked up like i was literally sore for two days from sleeping on the ground i can imagine man yeah that would be terrible um and and that's what was crazy it's like i i slept on a coffee table when i was 16 as a joke and slept totally fine (laughs) yep exactly exactly now it does the i feel like the beer does make it a little bit better uh because now like i i I feel like i could sleep on the ground like i wouldn't want to but if i had to i could uh but i would want to get really really drunk first because i've been to that point where have you ever been to like a party like outside where there's a fire or something and people are just chilling out and you just get really drunk and lay on the ground or is that just me uh Uh, yeah no i mean i think i I think i've been in i i could definitely fall asleep in a chair next to a fire (laughs) yeah i I mean i i my my point is i feel like i could fall asleep anywhere as long as i just get super trashed first (laughs) see i kind of had that mentality going in because the first night i was very drunk i i woke up and I didn't even think I would be. I think I just didn't drink a lot of water and I was dehydrated. So mm-hmm. I woke up with a killer hangover. Yeah. But the issue was that I, I, I would, I, I fell asleep, but I kept waking up mm-hmm. and it seemed that the beer agitated that. Cause I would wake up and then I would have a headache, be crazy cold. Cause while it was super hot during the day, it got crazy cold at night. Oh wow. So we were unprepared for that. And like then, and then, and then I would have like a headache on top of all that. Oh, that sounds brutal. It, it was kind of brutal. And then I learned I was like, okay, well, if I drink, I got to drink a shit ton of water before I go to bed. So the, yeah. the second night went better. But 
anyways, so yeah, I mean, it, it was super awesome just to go camping. I, I love being out in the woods and, you know, we took a really cool hike. Um, and you know, we, we, you know, had our gloves, we had, we had a little bit of a catch and walked around. It, it, it was a really good time. I think the most notable thing that happened, um, there were raccoons, that attacked us. Oh God! Um, well, not attacked us. They infiltrated the campsite. Yeah. Okay. So we were hanging out, and we hear the like, you know, you know, thing, and then we like shine our flashlights at them, and there was one sitting in a chair. Like I'm not even being hyperbolic. He was literally <laughs> sitting in a fucking chair, and there was another one at our tent. And sure enough, they were fighting over my socks. <laughs> And they stole one of my socks. The oh raccoons came into came into the campsite, infiltrated, found my socks, having a field day with the socks, and stole one. That's hilarious. So we like ran them off. Like we were like, <laughs> I wanted to chase them through the woods. Like, um, so that was pretty crazy. Uh, also, I almost drowned. Oh no! How? And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Like, I'm not joking. I almost drowned. So here's the thing. I can't swim. But that has never stopped me <laughs> from hopping into water. Sure, sure. So the issue being is that I could swim. I can't tread water. Okay. So I could jump into fairly deep water as long as I swim. Yeah, yeah. The issue is, is if I'm am in, in a situation where I can't get my, I can't get a good stroke started. Mm-hmm. And I can't tread water, and I just sink. Did you? Go, did you go swimming in like a river, or what was this? No, the lake. So okay. Cowan Lake is a is a pretty dang oh, big you lake. Oh, it's a lake. Okay. So essentially, what happened was when we were kids, me, Aaron, and our and our buddy James, who passed away, we Aaron used to go with James a little bit more frequently to Cowan Lake and camp with his family. Mm-hmm. I only went once, but it was a very very memorable trip for all of us. So we would go swimming like every day. Well, in Cowan Lake, there's these buoys that are the cutoff for boats and Mm -hmm. swimmers. And they're pretty dang far out there. We're talking 30, 40 feet away from shore. Maybe, maybe even, I mean, they're pretty dang far away. So as kids, we would swim out to the buoy and every, and you would, you would grab the buoy. And then we kind of turned everything into a game where like we would, you would both sit on one side of the buoy. You know, you'd lay it flat, get in there, and then you would try to launch the other person off the buoy. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so we kind of had made this little game, so and we did that for hours. Well, here's the thing. I was like 15, 16. I'm 15. I was 15 at the time. And I went out there. I couldn't swim then. And we're and I'm talking this the water was well a couple feet above my head. Mm-hmm. So we went out there and and did that. Uh, you know, for hours, and they'd be launching me off the buoy. I'd go down. I'd, you know, I'd be cracking my head on the buoy rock and float <laughs> back up. And good times. So as an adult, I was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to. I, I don't want to get crazy. I don't know if I can get out to these buoys because I would walk out there. The water would come up to like my mouth, mm-hmm. and there's still another ten feet to this buoy. Yeah. Well, Aaron touched the buoy. He touched it, and then Charlotte swam out there and touched the buoy, and I was like. I want to touch a goddamn buoy. (laughs) So I picked like one of the closest buoys, went out there, swam up to it. I had to grab it because I was so goddamn tired. That was the biggest thing. What I learned is I'm, I'm getting old, man. I was gassed. I swam for 20 minutes and was dying. And that's where I should have been clued in that. This is not going to go the same. (laughs) 
So I go out there and I grab onto that buoy because I'm like, I need the buoy <laughs> to recuperate. And I also have to use this buoy to launch myself far enough where I could actually swim back. Right, right. Here's the thing about swimming in a lake. The ground is not level at all. Yeah. So my trajectory in was pretty good. I barely had to swim. My trajectory out, very bad. Deeper. Yeah. Ugh. Deeper. So I start swimming. I get tired. I have to go down. I go down. Oh, my feet's not touching. Okay. I hop up. Okay. All right. We're good. And then I immediately panic. And I flip out. So then I'm like gasping. I'm freaking out. Like I was literally coming up out of the... Because when I was a kid, that's what I would do. Wait for my feet to hit bottom. Jump right back up. Because I've yeah. always been kind of tall. So I got a couple... You know, I got some height. So me jumping up, I could, you know... Catch my breath, mm -hmm. and as I'm going down, I figure out what I want to do next. Like yeah, I take a I, breather, no, pant, yeah, relax for a yeah, second. Yeah, the whole the whole trick is to not panic. Well, this time I panicked. I don't know if it was being old, being fat, being <laughs> afraid to die. Now I don't know what it was, but I lost my shit, man. I wow. was like coming out, like <gasps> like freaking out, and Aaron had to literally grab me and try to throw me oh, no. to like the shallow parts. <laughs> And, and he just, he, he was trying his ass off and I could not touch. I could not find anywhere to stand yeah. to just stand, catch my breath. And he literally had to come swim under me and get me. And once he got me, like I kicked my legs he could, and he swam me out and we were kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then like later on, he was like, man, if you were out there any longer, I don't know if I could have got you. Jeez. Like we had exhausted ourselves, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm done swimming for the day." Because I mean, man. dude, then I was sore and I hurt, and I was like, well, "That was crazy." And looking back on everything, I mean, it was super funny because they were making fun of me the whole time until they were like, "Oh, Eli's drowning." <laughs> yeah, seriously. But what I realized is that's what it was. I don't know if it. I I hadn't been in water a long time. So I don't know if I just like if I didn't like put it in my brain that like, hey, you're OK, do what you do, because I could dead man float so I can float mm -hmm. on my back. Yeah. Why well, didn't just hop up and try to float? I don't know. I panicked. Panic, yeah. and, and really, mm -hmm. in the end, that's what happened. I went out there. The water was a little bit too deep and I panicked. And then when you panic, you know, even if you get air, you, you don't get you, you can't regulate your breath. So yeah. you're fucked. And yeah, I panicked. So I almost drowned. Now, was this a big lake with, like, waves and stuff? Uh, well, there's not really, like, a tide with a lake, mm -hmm. but if boats went by, there would be waves. Yeah. Okay. I guess I was just kind of, like, comparing it to... I went to, like, Lake Michigan uh, about a month or so ago, and that's obviously a huge lake. Um, and right. once you get on the beach there, there are a little bit of tides and stuff, even though it's just a lake. It's a fucking big lake, so I was just kind of curious it to... It's a it's a pretty good sized lake, but like definitely nowhere near that big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely nowhere near that big. That's so, so kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was pretty scary, and that's what I kept saying was like I don't know, but I I do know that I could not swim and do all that stuff like I used to. Like mm -hmm. I got gassed immediately. I was already sore. Like yeah, literally, yeah. I swam out to the deep area. I was swimming around. I came back and I was like, holy fuck. Like, I feel that. My heart was like, yeah. 
And I was, and I that should have clued me in that I wasn't going to be able to do the stuff I used to do. Yeah, right. And then I also had the thought, well, like, well, why did I panic? And I think I panicked because now I'm actually afraid to die. Where when I was 15, 16, I don't give, I'm not going to die. Yeah. I'm good. I got right. my boys. We're good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just got to, I just got to, because when we were on the buoy, it was kind of like, Eli, if you fall to the bottom, it, it's attached to a chain and then a giant rock. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if you touch the buoy rock, find the chain and just climb up the chain. And mm-hmm. I did that a couple times. Yeah. So. Yeah. I had a method to not die. Right. And also when you're a kid, it's, uh, you don't think about it that much because like, yeah, if something happens, if something bad happens, like, oh, the adults are close by, they'll be, somebody will be able to help me. But now you're like, oh shit, I am the adult. Now what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, when we were kids though, I do recall it being in kind of a weird, colder time of the year. So there weren't many people there. Mm -hmm. So it was literally just the three of us out this lake. There's no lifeguards. (laughs) There is nothing at that lake. So even as an adult, it was kind of like you have to not die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty good chance someone's going to help you. So, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was the most eventful thing. Um, <laughs> but really, other than that, we just we cooked on an open fire, which is incredibly difficult, by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it, overall, it was a, it was a super fun time. I, I I came back home and thought I am not as young as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my takeaway <laughs> from that camping trip. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome. You had a nice little uh, relaxing weekend off and got to do that. Oh, I I, I do want to add before you update us. Um, I actually I've been I've been reading more, and I did actually a fair amount of reading. Like if I would wake up before everybody, I'd go sit by the fire and read wait for the and i got to see the sunrise which was cool Oh, that's cool yeah um i've been reading uh wildwood oh nice that book you got me mm-hmm. years ago <laughs> yeah that colin malloy of the decemberist wrote mm-hmm. and it is really freaking good is it cool yeah yeah it's it's really good i basically explained it as hipster narnia yeah that sounds about right <laughs> but it is it's a it, it's a very fun book but yeah I, i've i've read like a probably at least a third of it in the past few weeks so well, that's cool man. Um, yeah so i i thought about that i wanted to throw that in mitch bought me a book i never read it until a couple weeks ago and i am tearing <laughs> through it well that's good man well i uh, no, i when i got you that book i also got me that book and i haven't read it either so don't feel bad about that <laughs> oh you should read it and then we can talk about it we we could do that we could do that <laughs> <laughs> we, we could if i if, if i read it actually the next book i'm gonna read is this uh i picked oh. this up this week <laughs> Good fucking God. <laughs> it's called Tales from Margaritaville. It's by Jimmy Buffett. It's a New York Times bestseller. So He has no shame. <laughs> we'll put my face on it and put Mar- um, Margaritaville on it, and I'm going to make money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Mitch. All right. So my vacation was uh, it was fun, man. It was good. Um, uh, so I texted you the first day we were there, and I told you we were watching Triple D uh, because kind of same experience you had. I realized I'm a little too old for this shit. Um, I get tired more often. I took a couple yeah. naps this week, which I didn't think <laughs> I'd need to do. <laughs> all right. But it was amazing. Um, okay. So I'll start with the first day we were there. Um, so we decided to. Uh, uh, we we were originally going to go from Sunday to Saturday, um, and then they like 
So we, we bought plane tickets for Sunday to Saturday and they like we, we got an email that said our Sunday night, our Sunday trip that we had booked for like in the morning got pushed back to like Sunday at like six at night or something like that. So we wouldn't have got there until like midnight and that that would have we would have lost an entire day um so we decided you know well we have friday off work and let's just call the you know let's let's call the airline and see if we can get our tickets changed to saturday um and they did like no problem so we 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 ended up leaving saturday instead of sunday so day early um and erica had like booked this really awesome like airbnb kind of condo thing for the week uh but she only booked it sunday night through saturday so the first day we were there we didn't really have a place to stay so like a couple days before we left, we like hopped on Airbnb real quick and found a place that was cheap and looked decent, and uh, we booked it real quick. So we got there, and uh, we 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 got in at like noon, and our uh, check in wasn't until four. But so we 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 ended up we we got a rental car which was good. So we had a place to like throw our stuff. Um, but we just had like four hours to kill. Um, not really sure what to do. Um, so we went to the hotel a little bit early just to kind of like check it out, see if we could, like, you know, any chance of us checking in early. And they were like, yeah, maybe. We'll call you when it's ready. Um, so we're like, oh, okay, cool, cool. So we'll we'll go out. We, we, we went out to eat. We uh, we walked on the beach a little bit. Um, we spent a lot of time outside, and it was so fucking humid. Um, and we were just kind of, like, homeless for a few hours. Uh, couldn't, yeah, it w- wasn't terrible. So finally, like, we're waiting around, waiting around. Um, they never called us. Four o'clock came, and we're like, okay, well, I guess it's four. We can go check in now. So we go to our like hotel to check in and uh first off like there it was one of those condos where there were like five buildings and i was really confused about which one we were staying at so we we get in there and we there was this huge ass line so we went in and like i i I told her like our name and we were staying and she was like Oh, um, your your room's not clean yet. And I was like, okay, it's four. You told us uh, we might be able to check in early, but you know that's okay. So it's four o'clock now. So what do we do? Um, so she was just like, I'll I'll, I'll call you. I'll just hang out. I'll call you when it's ready. Um, and then so I just like hung out in that air conditioned office for like fifteen minutes. Um, and then she was like, Oh, hey, your room's ready now. And I was like, Okay, it wasn't clean fifteen minutes ago, but now it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's unsettling. uh, Yeah, exactly. So uh, we're like, uh, okay. So we, uh, she, she tells us where it is, what building it is. The parking there is terrible, so we had to like park super far away. We got all of our shit, all of our luggage and stuff, and carried it up and down these like giant ass steps because no, I and no elevator. I had no idea where we were supposed to be. So we finally get up to the building. We go up to our room. we open it and we couldn't even open the door because there was a mattress leaning up against the door. <laughs> and oh my gosh. I cracked it open like that much and I looked in and there were like the the bed frame was like tilted on its side, like both of them were. And uh <laughs> the room was just trashed, man. It was destroyed. Um oh, so <laughs> no way. So like and Erica was a little bit more of a I, I was terrified. I was like, this looks like a you know, a place a drug dealer would hang out. Um, And the hotel was like super sketchy. It was really dirty. Um, And so Erica kind of went in a little bit more. She like went in the bathroom and found like a couple trash bags full of just beer cans in the bathtub. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is not going to (laughs) work. So I was mostly pissed because I'm we've been waiting four hours now at this point, which is is our fault. We got there early. Um, 
But and then we had to like haul our heavy luggage, you know, really far. So we're like, now we just got to haul it back. Um, so we tried calling the uh, the the front desk, and nobody would answer the phone. So we're like, okay, we just have to go back. And by the time we got back to the uh, the the front desk building this time, I was I was over it, man. I was like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna cancel the room. We're not we're not staying here because like we they made us wait a few hours. Like right. it's now 4:45. We were supposed to check in by four. Um, I have zero hope that they're gonna be able to fix this. Um, (laughs) So I waited in this long line again. I got up to the front and I was like, and you could tell the ladies were like super stressed. There was a huge line of people, just the trashiest people. There were people fighting in line. Um, (laughs) it was, it was shady, man. So I got up to the front and I was super nice. I was like, Hey, I can tell you guys are having a really rough day and I know this isn't your fault. Um, but I just want to cancel my, my room and I want a refund. Um, and she was like, okay, why? (laughs) I was like, the room is destroyed. I showed her pictures on my phone. I was like, it's not clean at all. It's like, somebody trashed it and she was like okay no problem at all like this has been happening a lot so she took my key card back wrote down dirty room on the key card and put it in a pile and i saw she had a stack of key cards of people just just getting their refunds and stuff (laughs) and uh the funniest part. So she she put my key card on a stack of other key cards, and the one on the top, uh, I could see it said "throw up in bed." Oh my <laughs> lord! So I was Damn. like, well, you know, on the bright side, we didn't we didn't have that happen. So, uh, but then we just like drove until we found a like super. And by this point, it was like five thirty six. We're like, are we just gonna have to sleep in our car tonight? So we drove right. until there was like a hotel. At this point, I'm like, I don't care how much this hotel is. We're gonna stay in it. So. We did, and that's when I texted you. And by that point, we had only been there like six hours, but I was hot and sweaty and pissed and exhausted. Um, so the very first night there, we just stayed in and watched uh, Triple D on the in the hotel. <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's amazing. That is a that is a nice way to smooth over a pretty rough freaking day. Exactly. So so then the second day we were there, I'll I'll make this quick. Um, I got stung by a jellyfish. That hurt pretty fucking bad. Um, did you pee on it? No, I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, but yeah. I, I Googled real quick to see if you should, and I, I, I think that that's actually a myth. So I just it didn't is. really do anything. Well, I um, think that I think that peeing on it can help, but the issue is is that you're pissing on it, which could <laughs> cause an infection. Yeah, so true that. <laughs> it's, I do think there's something in urine that could help neutralize the pain, but you're not supposed to pee on it because it yeah. can get infected. <laughs> and the funny part is, okay, so this is too much information, but uh, the hotel we were staying at, like was it was probably about a hundred yards from where we were set up on the beach. So we spent most of the time there just like chilling on the beach, drinking lots of beer and stuff. Um, and rather than like, you know, walk a hundred yards back to the hotel to pee, we just like peed in the ocean a lot, which I, I guarantee a lot of people do. So um <laughs> so I had actually gone in the ocean to pee. Uh, and then I, we were in there a while. I was splashing around, swimming around. Um, and then I was like, well, I think it's probably about time to go back in. I'm ready for another beer. So literally on our way back, I got stung by a jellyfish, like in the back of my leg. Um, and the irony is that I, me and Erica had just both peed. So we're like, oh, fresh out. <laughs> <laughs> fresh out. Wow. So it wasn't, it was painful from what I assume, but because I've I've kind of always sort of most jellyfish things are like excru- like a hospital visit back. Yeah, it, so I, I think that I got really lucky. Mine must have been like a baby or a little one because I can still see like a rash starting to form, but it hurt really fucking bad for like an hour and then uh-huh. it just kind of went away. Like there's still a mark there, but it, it doesn't hurt anymore. So 
Wow, got that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, that is surprising because that's I don't know if every jellyfish like what is it like a burning pain? It, it feels kind of like if if you get stung by a bee, I guess is how I would explain it. But in like a bigger mass, I assume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. That that's that's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that was about it. Everything else is pretty uneventful. We just kind of uh, hung out on the beach. Multi, yeah, lots of hours a day, and just drank way too much. Uh, we had a we basically our schedule was uh, get up at like nine, get stuff around, go out to lunch by like eleven or noon, find stuff to do, and then go back to the go back to the beach, which was like right out by our condo, um, and drink from like two p.m. And get trashed by 6 p.m. <laughs> right. And then 6 p.m. we would come back to the room, eat a little bit more, sober up a little bit, and then go out on the beach uh, again that night. And the the condo we were staying at was actually pretty nice. I had like a ho- I had a hot tub and a pool, um, so we 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 hung out in the hot tub a little bit at night and basically just yeah just got super drunk twice a day. <laughs> No, no, that's, uh, yeah, that sounds great. I think we have different ways that we vacation because, mm-hmm. like, I think that you, you, you really like, like, blue ass water. Like, you want to go to a beach or you want to go, like, somewhere that Jimmy Buffett would go to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, on the other hand, for whenever my honeymoon would have happened, um, I wanted to go, like, winter camping. Mm, like, okay. I want to go camp out in the fucking snow. Like, I wanted to go to Alaska for our honeymoon. That's what I wanted to do. I just, yeah, I don't get that because I want to go on a vacation where I don't have to worry about anything. Um, And to me, that's what a beach is. Just like, oh, we're here. Enjoy the beautiful scenery. We don't even have to spend a lot of money because we're hanging out at this beach six hours a day, um, just watching the water, taking naps, day drinking, um, listening to music. That's what you do. Um, (laughs) And it sounds like an Alaskan vacation would be a lot more involved. (laughs) Yeah. And and maybe and maybe what I'm realizing, especially now that I'm older, is that all that work is so exhausting I can't keep up. Maybe <laughs> maybe I should plan a vacation that's actually a vacation. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to basically like I want to go somewhere and just not die. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Our vacation was we're going to go somewhere, eat a lot, drink a lot and do nothing else. So <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I think mine tend to be a little bit more like experience based, like like, hey, I, I feel like this is how I'll die because it's like, hey, have we ever gone parasailing? <laughs> well, hey, actually, you do that. We 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 were trying to go parasailing, but it was like super expensive. It was like 150 bucks for the two of us for like a uh, 10 minute parasailing ride, and we're like, yeah, let's not do that. So yeah, that that but, that seems very heavily. But weighted. we were seriously considering it. Yeah, that would have been fun. Um, we we did a we did a few other stuff. Like I told you about that dolphin tour that right. we just like rode a super fast boat in the middle of the ocean that was kind of fun got super wet saw a girl puke that was dope. Best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dope i usually have to spend a lot of money to see that <laughs> i know yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> baby <laughs> i can we talk about acdc real fast <laughs> yeah please do let's get into it well, um, I was going to throw this in just because it's like kind of interesting. Um, and I kind of I kind of want to like have you do. So I made a decision that I wanted to sit down and watch 
all the Marvel, all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so not in release date, but like how they would happen chronologically the, in that. Yeah, within the universe. Yeah, within yeah, yeah within the universe. Um, watched about seven out of the twenty some there are. Oh boy. <laughs> um, it's actually been good. It's been a good time. Me and Charlotte decided to just do it with me, and she actually doesn't super crazy like the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but she started to, and I think doing it chronologically for her helps her piece everything together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, yeah, because on because release wise, like for example, in, uh, like Captain Marvel that came out like not that crazy long ago, mm-hmm. uh, that takes place in like '95. Wow. Okay. So like, and it gives you a lot, a lot of backstory on like Shield and stuff. And if you hadn't watched that movie and weren't a comic book nerd, you really wouldn't understand Shield all that well. Mm-hmm. But it gives you a lot more context. But anyways, um, yeah, we're doing that, which is really has been kind of fun. But I will admit, whoever made the decision to include ACDC in the Iron Man movies <laughs> made a really good freaking decision. Yeah. Because I kind of like get really ner- like I love it. I love it so much. It's like there's a scene in the Avengers where Iron Man shows up and he flies in and he like takes control of everybody's like computers because mm-hmm. uh, they're like in a little he- like a little airplane thing and he's just like blaring ACDC and it's kind of like corny but like as like the comic book nerd I am and ACDC fan I'm just like yeah <laughs> here. yeah, yeah. So. no that's awesome man no I love that uh, that's kind of one of the reasons I, I like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy more than most people um, because I think they do a really good job of like the soundtrack is amazing and it really just like kind of like I don't know, man. It just makes the movie a little bit better because they're like throwing in these awesome songs in these fight sequences instead of like, you know, score, which I think is just a really cool thing. So anytime they can incorporate yeah, you, cool stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Like, and I think actually you may, Cap Marvel may be a good watch for you because they have a lot of 90s music in that. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. I've not seen that one yet. There yeah, is it's a been fight. Out like three years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been out for a minute, but they have a fight scene with a with a no doubt song no way <laughs> and it works That's like it awesome. was good i really like cat marvel but yeah anyways i was just throwing that randomly in there um we don't have to talk about the marvel movies but uh <laughs> they are a good time if you have disney plus then i think it would be it would be a worthwhile venture i mean we'll see i'm only seven in out of the freaking 22 there are or and whatever. are they all on disney plus yeah, they yeah. actually have cool. it's completely updated now. They have every I think maybe they don't have the latest Spider-Man movie because that came after Endgame. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's on there yet. Far from home. Um maybe it is and I just haven't seen it, but yeah, it's uh oh and they have like all the animated shows. It's I almost am more jazzed to have access to all this Marvel content than I am Star Wars. Yeah. Hmm. Because I pretty much watched the star wars movies again pretty much all the way through up until the last jedi or the rise of skywalker because i don't think that one's on there yet Mm -hmm. and i was just like eh it's weird i'm i'm i still love star wars but i'm kind of it's kind of taking a back seat for me because Hmm. i'm just so cynical watching them now i just see all the flaws yeah for some reason if i watch a superhero movie i could kind of turn my brain off and just enjoy the ride Mm mm-hmm because I think the casting is so good. Everybody is cast so well for all those characters. And 
I just really feel like they're some of the best iterations of those characters. Plus, not gonna lie, Scarlett Johansson is in a majority of the Marvel yeah. movies, so that does help. It does I help, actually. Yeah. I got in trouble because <laughs> because I because she'll she's in so many that I'll be like, oh shit, Scarlett Johansson's in this, and like Charlotte knows, so she's just like, yeah, son of a bitch. But then Kat Dennings is actually also in. Oh, I didn't one know that. Them. Yeah, she's in the Thor movies, uh, and I forgot oh, that. Oh, yeah, I forgot that, too. I did see that one, yeah. She's a little bit younger, but mm. yeah. And then Charlotte was like, what the fuck? Like, this is why we're doing this. Like, you just want to see Scarlett Johansson and Kat Dennings. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't. But I told her, I was like, honey, honestly, the nerd in me outweighs the horniness in me most of the time. Because <laughs> right. I do think Scarlett Johansson is such a good pick for Black Widow mm-hmm. that I just love to see her black widow yeah 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 and i don't know how much of the fight scene she did herself it looks like a fair amount but yeah i don't the i tend to shut it off and just be really nerdy about how good she is as black widow mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but I she like, doesn't um, believe me <laughs> i i i think it's so cool because didn't uh john favreau direct iron man yeah so john favreau actually i think directed all of the iron man movies that's right, which that's right. i which I didn't know, but was super cool. And actually going back and watching, because you end up watching all three Iron Man movies pretty quickly. Because mm-hmm. Iron Man 3 takes place like right after the first Avengers movie. So like we've watched all the Iron Man movies. And I think 3 is amazing. Iron Man 3 is such a good movie. And there is something about the Iron Man movies that I think are weirdly inherently better um, than some of the other ones. And yeah, like John... And also, John Favreau be playing Happy is like one of the best Marvel characters, um, and I don't think he's canonical. I, I don't even know. I, mm-hmm. I, I, but yeah, no, John Favreau like has done a lot for the MCU, he's, which I don't think I realized. Yeah, no, that's the, the one of the reasons I love John Favreau so much is because he makes these like cool like hipster indie movies, like Chef, and he's done a couple other indies. Um, but then he also has like he he was in. Uh, swingers. He was in like uh, uh, was that I love you, man. Like he he does these like le- really legendary comedy roles. But then he also is a supremely talented like director and does some serious stuff. Um, and it's good. He's just good all around. Um, well, what's kind of killer too that I didn't remember until going back and watching the Iron Man movies. Iron Man has like some of the best villains ever. Um, you have fucking um. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh god how did I forget his name Jeff Bridges you have Jeff Bridges oh, yeah. in the first movie as a villain then you have Mickey Rourke and the second one is the Jeez. as the villain and then you have uh, Ben Kingsley oh, as yeah. the villain in the third and I was like how did they get <laughs> such prominent fucking actors to be all the villain in every Iron Man yeah that's amazing oh and then there's uh, Anthony Anthony Hopkins as Odin oh my god which is one yeah. of the yeah, amazing. Anyways, we're talking about Marvel too much. Um, not why we're here today. All right, let's get into it. So, 
we had this idea that um, we want to start doing these things. Um, there, you, me and Eli agree on a lot of things. Uh, we, we like a lot of the same music, um, films, uh, video games. Uh, but there are, you know, there's also a lot of stuff that we disagree on. Um, and we want to start doing this uh, series, if you will. Uh, I'm, I'm calling it "Make Me Like It," um, and it's basically where I take something that I love uh, and Eli hates, and vice versa, and I state my case as to why he should like it more. Um, so this is the first of those series. Uh, I hope to do a lot more of these. Um, today, <clears throat> unsurprisingly, I'm going to try to make Eli like Jimmy Buffett. Uh, if you know me, you know I'm a bit of a parrot head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I hate that. So much. Oh, by the end of this, I just—I uh, don't think I'm going to persuade you, but I just want you to—I I want you to hear my case. Well, let me let me first give you my stance on Jimmy Buffett. Please, do. I think I have a pretty neutral stance on Jimmy Buffett, but I really do hate his music, and I think my biggest opinion of Jimmy Buffett is just that he seems like this guy who just writes really shitty music for like boomers who are for some reason obsessed with the idea of Margaritaville, (laughs) of like cheeseburgers and uh, probably mild racism and also margaritas. (laughs) So I don't really understand the allure of Jimmy Buffett. But Mitch Mitch has a case to plead. I have done a little bit of research on my own, so now that's my initial stance, or at least was, on Jimmy Buffett. So now we're going to... We're going to see where I come out at the end. Okay. I see where you're coming from, because I, I used to feel pretty much the exact same way. Um, and still, part of me does a little bit. But um, after I share with you this, uh, what I want to share with you, um, I hope you'll you know respect a little bit more of the things beyond just writing mediocre music um, that might you know, come off as slightly racist. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so here's a quick backstory. James William Buffett is an American singer-songwriter born on December 25th, 1946 in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Um, If you don't know, Jimmy Buffett, he specializes in blending a variety of folk rock, country, calypso, and reggae music. He has released released 30 albums since 1970. Oh my In God. 50 years, he's done 30 albums um, and still tours very much prolifically to this day. Um, he's going on tours like he he was he does them every summer. Um, we me and Erica were going to go to one this summer, but then it got canceled because of obvious reasons. Uh, and we were super bummed about it. Um, but that's one of the things I, I like about him the most is that I, I've I've heard and seen a bunch of his concert footage. Um, and it's really just like an event. Um, there are people. People go there just to have a good time. Uh, people dressed quite like I'm dressed now, um, just right. kind of getting drunk, enjoying um, the music, and uh, that's one of the you know his. I, I would say that his like touring his shows um, has made him more of a success than his music is, um, because I just told you he wrote he put out 30 albums, and you can probably name three songs. So yeah, <laughs> totally. So I'll be the first to admit right off the bat, um, 30 albums and, you know, three to five popular songs is not, is not very good numbers. Not, not good. Yeah, <laughs> not, 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 not a good record. 
not not a good record. Um, but uh, so he's he's written a number of hits, including Margaritaville, Cheeseburger in Paradise, uh, It's Five O'clock Somewhere, Fins, that kind of thing. Um, and he has a huge following of dedicated fans that call themselves Parrot Heads. <laughs> oh God, that's an actual thing. That's, I thought you just made it no, up. No, that's an actual thing. Parrot Heads oh, is, is what uh, you have. Jimmy Buffett's God. fan base is called Parrot Heads. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> so Jimmy Buffett and his band, the Coral Reefers. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck off! Yep. That's not. That's your ba- shit. No, me. that's very real. His 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 band oh. name is Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefers. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, you're no. not selling me so far. <laughs> this is just the this is a quick summation. Um, oh, okay. So, <laughs> They're they're mo- they're most famous for their island escapism lifestyle, um, so that's kind of the gist of who he is. If you don't already know, um, not only is he a successful eh, successful in quotes musician, um, but he's also a business tycoon and a prolific author. He has written seven books. Um, he has a net worth of five hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, Holy shit! And he also owns tons of businesses, like the Landshark Lager Company, um, which is a subsidiary of Anheuser Busch Brewing, um, which is why it's brewed in St. Louis because it's basically just Anheuser Busch uh, bottom out. Gotcha. Um, he owns multiple chains of restaurants: Cheeseburger in Paradise, Margaritaville, uh, Landshark Bar and Grill. Um, Two of which I just I went to this past week. I went to Margaritaville and Land Shark Bar and Grill this past week. Uh, you couldn't do the <laughs> trifecta. You couldn't get the trifecta. You know what? In. Cheeseburger in Paradise is like there's only one or two locations left. Most of them have closed. It's kind of unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um. So he he also owns seven hotels. He owns the Margaritaville Brewing Company, um, and he is a corporate sponsor of the Miami Dolphins. Um, at one point, he their stadium was called Landshark Stadium. Um, that's a as a Jets fan, that's a pretty big strike. <laughs> I mean, the team's not good, but it's just kind of cool that you don't even really you, nobody's really aware of how many how many irons he has in his fire um because he's right. a, he's a brilliant businessman he takes his you know money that he's earned and his iconic stature and turns it into money man and you know that could come come off as like selling out but the guy dude's worth 500 million dollars <laughs> i mean the dude wrote a song called cheeseburger in paradise i mean <laughs> at that point he had sold out so i don't i think he knows exactly what he's doing which exactly. i will say I, I do respect because it's it, it would be different if like Jimmy Buffett was writing like protest songs. Yeah. And it was like, Well y'all come on down to my cheeseburger in paradise restaurant. We got cheeseburgers. We got the I love my Like, you know, that would bother me more. But he I think that Jimmy Buffett <laughs> sits around when he's writing music and he's like, I wanna write a song. But I also needed to turn into a business. <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> Cheeseburgers. I got it. Fucking let's go. <laughs> I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Spend your money in my restaurants. I that, I just had this. I wonder if he wrote that song for the specific purpose of turning it into a restaurant. Like, I hope this catches on because this restaurant's happening either way. <laughs> right. I just kind of wonder if this whole time he thought he was writing jingles. <laughs> right. 
Jimmy, you're writing you're writing jingles for shit that doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> oh, I thought, all right, well, let's make it a thing. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so loaded uh, author wrote seven books. Um, brilliant businessman. Um, also, this, go ahead. What are the seven books about? Are they all about him? <laughs> Um, kind of. The one I purchased is called Tales from Margaritaville, um, and it's a it's kind of cool. It's a, I flipped through it a little bit. It's a combination of like part of them are true stories about his like life traveling, going to beaches and stuff, going to islands, um, and then part of them are fictional stories about like pirates and shit, which is really cool. Um, and he does. What? Yeah, it, it's like <laughs> what? Yeah, it has one. Yeah, it has one chapter that's like. This is something cool that happened to me in 1984. And then the very next chapter is like, there was a pirate, and his name was Jesus, and he traveled, and it's just crazy shit like that. What the yeah. fuck? That is so. Uh, it's, <laughs> he's writing a book and he can't figure out what he's writing about, <laughs> so he's just like writing stories. And he was like, "Oh man, wouldn't it be cool if like there was a pirate, a Latino pirate named Jesus, and he." And he had a little parrot on his head and a parrot like cheeseburgers. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, but so that's a, a lot of that's. But some of his books like are really kind of like deep and introspective. He has a he. So he has a song that I want to talk about later called A Pirate Looks at 40. Um, and when he turned 50, he wrote a book called A Pirate Looks at 50. And it's basically just kind of an introspect on his life and looking back. And uh, wait, but does he think he's a pirate? <laughs> kind of. Uh, <laughs> Man, I thought I was writing she shanties and shit. Arr! <laughs> okay. Someone get me a cheeseburger. I want to get into some of his charitable contributions because I feel like that will uh, make you feel a little bit better about him. Uh, in 1981, I, I, not really. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say real quick before we move on to phase two here. Um, I have somewhat turned... And, and I'm already starting to like him a little bit because I can't I can't figure out if he's a genius or just some guy <laughs> who was like fucking like, man, I like pirates and blue ass water and sand and margaritas and cheeseburgers. I, I think that that's just what I want to do. That's what I want to do in my life. That's brilliant. Who? That, and, that's and, the and American I'm dream. Like, <laughs> And he kind of did, and now I'm like, oh man, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe the music was just a means to the end. Maybe he was like, I don't know, I don't really like music that much, but <laughs> I do love cheeseburgers. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm, I want to be rich and travel the world and visit tropical places playing my shitty music. It's like it's like Adam Sandler's late career. Like I've got it all figured <laughs> out now. Now all I want to do is hang out with my friends, get drunk, and go to Hawaii. Yeah, Perfect. I mean, I, 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 right now I am a little bit like I, I respect a man who can make what he wants out of life happen. Yes, yes. And it's not my place to judge what he wants out of life. The island, I first off, I'm not into the whole island dream thing, anyways. So I feel disconnected from what, from the image. Mm -hmm. But 
that's what he wanted and he's kind of made it happen and that's kind of impressive so yeah and also apparently he donates to charity so i'm intrigued so i'm very intrigued to hear this part yeah so not only does he uh, donate to charity but in 1981 he started the save the manatee foundation um which raises funds to save endangered manatees um doing pretty well he started that on his own um also he has done countless benefit shows um just to just to, to 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 raise money for certain efforts, um, like in 2010, he uh, he did a benefit show for the BP oil spill. Um, in 2004, he did a, a show for, called the Surviving the Storm benefit show um, for all the. Uh, uh, victims of Hurricane Katrina and all those hurricanes that happened in Florida oh, wow. and everything between. I didn't, yeah, yeah I, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, so he basically did all these tours, basically, and donated all of the profits to help build up back like small businesses and homes that were destroyed in the hurricanes. Um, so that's just something really cool. Hmm. Um, well, it does seem like everything that he does centers around water yeah which is so cool because i kind of imagine maybe this was just maybe when he was a kid where's he from mississippi so maybe this is a kid who like grew up in mississippi always loved the water always loved like marine life but maybe he like i kind of picture jimmy buffett like maybe wanting to be a marine biologist but maybe being slightly a little bit too dumb to do so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then he was like, well, you know what? I ain't dumb about cheeseburgers. <laughs> maybe I could parlay, pirate term. <laughs> also, I'm a pirate. <laughs> and his parents like, man, tomatoes, man. <laughs> He's like, I tell you what, I'm going to parlay this. <laughs> into a music career that is just a stepping stone into marine biology research. <laughs> and I'm going to make a treasure chest full of gold coins and donate them. <laughs> and I'm going to donate them to people that were destroyed by the hurricane. All my restaurants will run on a doubloon currency system <laughs> and bartering. <laughs> uh. Oh man, I I tell you what, Jimmy Buffett being some like Mississippi hick who like really <laughs> thinks that he's a pirate <laughs> is the funniest thing in the world to me right now. I, oh my god, that is okay. Well, yeah, all jokes aside, no, that's really cool. He, and, like, <laughs> that's cool that he. I. <laughs> I just can't not vision him that way. Like, what's going on with the manatees? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got to do something about that. Someone give me my guitar. I got to write a song about manatees. <laughs> How much money I got today? <laughs> give something to the manatees. Uh, okay. So, yeah, he's done some cool shit, you know, uh, with uh, charity and stuff. Um, but uh, that that's not necessarily the reason. All right. It's a quick sidebar. You're giving a lot of giving him a lot of shit for the cheeseburger song, which I admit not a great <laughs> no, song. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> but um, okay, so next I wanted to talk about um, so his catalog to the to the average listener that doesn't know much about Jimmy Buffett, it is very shallow and super cheesy. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got that right, cheesy man. You have cheeseburger without cheese, man. <laughs> 
All right, so he wrote a song called A Pirate Looks at 40, um, and I'm regretting this already. But um, So it's about a guy that turns 40, um, and he kind of like looks back on his life decisions and you know has some regrets. Um, and it's a, it's a, the, the thing I like about Jimmy Buffett is, you know, the popular songs aside, he's a great storyteller. Um, like in his book, when he kind of just makes up these fictional stories about the sea and that kind of thing, it's something that not a lot of musicians do. Um, and uh, so this song, A Pirate Looks at 40, um, it's also a little bit deep. Um, I'm going to read some of the lyrics of the chorus. All right, here it goes. The first words are, yes, I am a pirate. <laughs> You're not listening to me. I am a pirate. That's why I was regretting telling you this because, like, all right, the the, the words are yes, I am a pirate, 200 years too late. The cannons don't thunder. There's nothing to plunder. I'm over 40. I'm I'm an over 40 victim of fate. Arriving too late, arriving too late. I've done a little smuggling. I've run my share of grass. I've made enough money to buy Miami, but I pissed it away so fast. Never meant to last. Never meant to last. The word, if you just look at just the lyrics or that, it's kind of deep, kind of sad. Um, it, and it's, a, yeah. it's basically a ballad. It's a story, uh, albeit told through the story, t- told through the perspective of a pirate, which is lame. <laughs> but I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wrote a song about a pirate. Did you? Yeah. Remember, we, we actually were working on that song together. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So pirates are dope. I'm just <laughs> I just think it's funny because it's funnier to think of him actually thinking that he's a pirate. But <laughs> right. no, I No, that is. That is deep. He's right he wrote a song about like I I feel like I have this desire to to live a certain way, but that's not a thing that happens. And then, you know Yeah, like it it feels like a song of regret. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's talking about, yeah, like the whole thing you know about him being 40 or whatever but yeah i think he is like talking from his perspective just through maybe a different lens of of things that he did wrong Mm -hmm. um and that is that is pretty uh, that's uh, insanely deep for jimmy buffett yeah which is why i wanted to read it because like yeah i mean essentially it's it's a song that he's writing for himself to kind of tell the world like hey i have some regrets i wish i would have lived you know a little bit differently but he's spinning it in his own Jimmy Buffett perspective and telling it through the eyes of a pirate, even though it's, it's about him. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I, like I said, I wrote a song about a goddamn pirate, so I can't, I, I really can't give the guy too much shit, but no, I like, I, I don't know that this part of Jimmy Buffett existed. Yeah. So I'm, I, I picture this guy who probably does a lot of like ship in a bottle model building. And, and that's cool. Like that's dope. I, I, I think all in all, right now, I would really get along with Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that intriguing. But, but but continue on. I think the most difficult part of this is that your your perspective. We we talked about it earlier. Your ideal vacation is going to Alaska and doing shit. While for a majority of the population, including Jimmy Buffett and his fans, um, most people just want to you know hang out and chill out on a beach and drink and that's what to me that's what jimmy buffett encapsulates um so for example um 
I, yeah, I just got back from a vacation in Myrtle Beach. Um, as a almost 30-year-old guy in a landlocked state, um, I, I work a white-collar job 50 hours a week and stress about it. Um, spending a week on the beach was hugely therapeutic for me. It was a much-needed mental vacation that I needed. Um, it, was a, it was a nice break from my kind of monotonous lifestyle. Um, now, not everybody can go to the beach. Um, I, I don't go to the beach as much as I would like, obviously. Um, so for people that don't have that, they need something that can that, that they can take a mental vacation from everyday life that's just kind of bumming them out. Um, and okay. that's and that's kind of where Jimmy Buffett comes in. He made a career out of writing songs about beaches, sailing on boats, drinking rum, listening to Caribbean music. Um, and his his whole lifestyle, he made he made a career out of being this. He's the epitome of this carefree beach bum guy that every white collar working man wants to be. Like I, I feel like a lot of people I run into have a little bit of that in them, where they're like, "This is who I am," but on the weekends. I break out the captain's hat, and this is. <laughs> and it, it just kind of like it, it's a much needed break from the day to day, and uh, so, and and that's another one of the reasons his shows are so popular. Um, he makes it an event. He's like, hey, we're gonna forget about all of our problems today, just for a couple hours. We're gonna sing these cheesy songs about cheeseburgers and margaritas, but. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just going to, even though we're in the middle of Indiana, we're going to pretend we're on a beach and we're just going to have fun for a couple hours. Um, and I think that's a much needed thing. I, I think he's doing some really cool stuff um, to the uh, to the middle-aged white man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a lot for middle-aged white Americans. <laughs> My oh. hero. <laughs> I was thinking about us little guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but well, it, it, I, it boils down to this. At face value, his songs are kind of like shallow. Uh, but um, it, it's really, I, I think his whole attitude is escaping from your mental and emotional stress and, and to just enjoy life for a second. Um, it kind of reminds me of that like Bob Marley song whenever it comes on. like Every little thing is going to be all right. You can't help but like think everything's going to be all right when you hear that song. And that's kind of what Jimmy Buffett tries to do. He's got the island music. It's just, you can't not be happy when you listen to it. Um, and uh, it's, it's, you know, you just, you just need it. You need, to, you need to take a break from your day-to-day um, and uh, think about uplifting things and just think about drinking. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I agree. I think that you have brought up a lot of interesting points. Um, I want to address them. I got to grab beer real quick. Though. Okay, sounds good. So you could keep the people entertained while I. They won't hear me, but they can hear you. So. I'll, I'll put on some more Buffett. Get 
this Jimmy Buffett interlude brought to you by <laughs> Landshark Logger. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Um, so here is my reaction to your case for Jimmy Buffett. I think that there's a lot I don't know about Jimmy Buffett. And I will say I did my own research on Jimmy Buffett. And I didn't find anything. Mm-hmm. I literally Googled Jimmy Buffett controversy. <laughs> Nothing really popped up. And that made me... And I'm sure maybe there's something somewhere that somebody could... You know, I, I did a pretty high level of research, mind yeah. you. <laughs> I typed one thing into Google and called it a day. Yeah. Um, but the people who have so much controversy surrounding them, it's not hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Buffett felt like I was going to have to look for shit. And I was like, well, in that case, I don't know. I felt like... I, I guess I just felt like somebody with so much money and so many like businesses and shit would have more skeletons in his closet. And it kind of seemed to be the opposite. It seemed kind of like, you know, he's like, well, I got time for that shit. I got to write this story about this pirate. <laughs> um, what I actually did have come up was that his fans got really mad at him recently because he actually took a couple shots at Donald Trump. Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, and I kind of thought that was interesting, and people were people were very upset, and I was just like, "Well, that's kind of funny because that's." I think what I don't like about Jimmy Buffett is not Jimmy Buffett. I don't think I ever had a beef with the guy, a guy who writes a song about cheeseburgers. (laughs) Is a guy that you could probably have some fun with, right? Sure. You know, that's a laid back dude. Mm-hmm. He picked up a guitar. The embodiment of like passion and 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 soulfulness in music. And he wrote a song about a cheeseburger. <laughs> yep. And the bridge is that just about what pretty, toppings he likes on a cheeseburger. <laughs> I mean, it really is just about cheeseburgers. There's not like a deeper meaning in the song. Nope. I only bring up Cheeseburger in Paradise because when I worked at Rite Aid, they played that song every goddamn day. Oh, I've yeah. heard Cheeseburger in Paradise probably 10 times a week for six years. That would drive me right? crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's in my head. Um, also, who puts fried green tomatoes on a fucking cheeseburger? Um, anyways, <laughs> that's weird. Um, but uh, it, he's a laid back guy. What I don't like, what I've never liked about Jimmy Buffett are the people who like Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's unfair to Jimmy Buffett. It's not his fault. And Jimmy Buffett also, though, was able to come out and say something. Took a couple shots at Donald Trump. And people got pissed. His fans got pissed because his fans are those people. Mm-hmm. And they weren't happy. And I kind of figured, I kind of pictured Jimmy Buffett sitting on his one of many, I assume, private islands and just being like, man, I don't give shit. I got my parrot, I got my pirate stories, and I got me a cheeseburger and a margarita, baby. <laughs> like, there ain't nothing wrong. And, and I'm just like, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like someone who's not going to placate their fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, ju- just to placate their opinion, it's like, no, I'm Jimmy Buffett. I'm worth five hundred million dollars. When y'all worth five hundred million dollars, then then come talk to me. Like, and I respect that. Um, I respect that. So I think all in all, have you convinced me to go out and like consume Jimmy Buffett's music? No. 
Uh, but you have kind of convinced me to be like, you know what? I like Jimmy Buffett. There's part, yeah. See, there's parts of his personality that you can't help but respect a little bit. Kind of like you know, with the bashing Trump thing. Like he's just from you know, fr- from what I've read and you know understood, he's just a genuinely good guy um, that doesn't have any you know bad you know any any sort of uh, you know cancel cancel culture or anything just yet. Nothing has happened. Nothing's came out. And I see what you mean about his fans and how they are kind of annoying. Um, and I used to feel the same way. And it's it's it almost kind of like it reeks of just like a little bit of like patheticness. But now that I have kind of like joined the working class, I don't know, call it like I'm getting older, having a quarter life crisis or something. Um, but part of me really respects that this dude is all about just trying to make people happy, showing them a good time, his concerts for a couple hours, just forget about your yeah. problems. Um, and that's, you know, where I'm in, in my life. I need that every once in a while. You know, we, we yeah. talked before on the podcast about how, like, every once in a while, you like to enjoy a, a nice bath, um, just to kind of like reset your uh, your inner, you know, reset your attitude and everything. To me, like, I don't like baths, um, but I love the beach. And to me, my my equivalency of that is drink a beer, put on this stupid shirt, and f- forget about my problems for a minute. Just listen to this guy sing about cheeseburgers and everything will feel yeah. good for a minute. <laughs> yeah, bathing in cheeseburger grease. No, I totally get it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, um, no, I, I do think that like a person who is genuinely just out to like help people forget about their problems for a minute and just and just to have fun and just to be like, I like parrots, I like pirates, I like cheeseburgers. I like margaritas. <laughs> I like getting drunk and having sex with the natives. <laughs> no, I, I, I do. I do get that. And I don't and I don't think that that person deserves to get a lot of shit. Um, you know, because and, and you're right. I think the disconnect and why I'll probably never really hop on the Jimmy Buffett train is just because my idea of my island uh, with a margarita and cheeseburger in tow, uh, would kind of be like me and like the mountains. And I'm like, I, you know, I gotta like, you know, animal blood would be involved. (laughs) Um, you know, weaponry of sorts, um, forging for berries, uh, sounds pretty cool. Um, hides different. I would know, I would know how to make leather. You know, that's kind of my island in the sun. You know, that's that's where I want to be. Just out in a mountain somewhere. It's snowing. I'm wearing a fucking wolf hide with like the head is on top of my head. And I've just got like animal blood, you know, marks under my eyes. And I'm just I'm just out there living my my best life. I'm using like a flintlock rifle <laughs> i don't know of any musicians that have written songs about that specific situation probably ted nugent but <laughs> i can't i can't fuck with ted nugent yeah exactly <laughs> although i do like stranglehold that is a really good song and i do like the one where he's like when in doubt i whip it out i got me a rock and roll <laughs> band it's a free-for-all i do like that i kind of like ted nugent but I will not endorse that dude at yeah, all. Jimmy Buffett, I'll at least endorse. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's why I'm. I'm. I think there's a disconnect between me and Buffett and mm-hmm. and the parent heads of the world. But yeah. I, I can say that now you've at least convinced me that if somebody's like, "Oh, Jimmy Buffett, what a 
what a load of malarkey. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we're, I think we're, I think this guy did something. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. Jimmy Buffett is the one who has, has actually achieved some kind of inner peace <laughs> in life. Oh yeah. Dude. He's oh, made... I can't imagine. He's, he's so much inner peace, man. Like he's just, he's very transparent in what he does. Um, and I just, I, I think that's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in that. Um, he's just trying to make people happy. Yeah, I think he's funneled life down to a few simple ingredients. Lettuce, tomato, (laughs) five green tomatoes and pickles. (laughs) You know, he's made it very simple. And I think sometimes in life, you know, to to get to happiness, you got to make life pretty simple. Yeah. When it's complicated, that's when it's that's that's when life's hard. So I think in the end, I can sit back and say, Jimmy Buffett, you're not half bad. I still hate your music, <laughs> and I kind of think you're just like a island hippie, but I, you're probably a really interesting person to talk to. I'm going to turn you. And we're going to I, 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 we're gonna have a Jimmy Buffett party. I'm going to buy you a Hawaiian shirt. We're going to listen to Jimmy Buffett, and we're going to drink margaritas, and you tell me that you won't change your opinion a little bit. Just get, just get really drunk, put on a Hawaiian shirt, and listen to Jimmy Buffett. I promise you that'll change everything. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I, I feel like I have come a long way from the start of this. Like, the fact that the dude actually is, like, he, he, he'll he write, like, pirate stories, I think it... I, I mean, I haven't read them, but I do think that's interesting, and I respect that. Like, this isn't a... He, he is an interesting guy who just loves, like, the ocean and water and, and seafaring, and I dig that, because I do, too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like that kind of stuff. I love, like, old nautical themes. I love lighthouses. My mom loved them when I was growing up, and it rubbed off on me. But, but like, I guess to me, like, I have a much more, like, East Coast Boston-y love of the ocean. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? I like I like cold, rainy, <laughs> big giant waves, krakens. You know, I like that. You know, I'm not quite on board yeah. with, like, blue-ass water. Sure, sure. Well, I think you just need to put your put put yourself into the perspective of the average American who does enjoy that stuff. <laughs> a normal um, person, aka. Right? <laughs> I am just barking up the wrong tree, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I really, I do. I have a lot more respect at the end of this, and I actually always knew that he was kind of a, a philanthropist. Like he, I know that he's donated a lot of money, and I actually really, really respect that he did anything to help victims of Hurricane Katrina because. That's pretty much his kryptonite mm-hmm. as an island lover. <laughs> yeah. Hurricanes. All right, sorry. That, I, did, I didn't mean to joke about that so no, hard, but I really right. do. I, I really respect that. I think that's super cool. I remember when Katrina happened, and it was it, it was a, a huge fucking bummer. It was very, very sad. So, no, I, I, I will say that I respect Jimmy Buffett. Um, I'm definitely not going to be a parrot head. I don't think you're ever going to get me there, but I could at least be like, Closer to at least not hating Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> okay, you know Which what? Is I'll take that where as a I win started. Then. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of where I started. So I think you've done your job. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I'll man. get off my soapbox then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think you did a pretty good job. You have made me at least respect Jimmy Buffett. I'll take that. <laughs> I don't think that's easy. Not at to, all. <laughs> to, to, to make me kind of come around at the end. So I, I think you did it. I think I think you have made me like Jimmy Buffett. We'll all say right. it. I'll say it. You have made me like Jimmy Buffett. I will give you that. I think you have. 
All right, cool. Will you put on a Hawaiian shirt and drink a margarita with me? Yeah, yeah, I would <laughs> okay. do that. Okay. I don't think I don't think that was ever <laughs> in debate. <laughs> okay. I would have definitely done that. But while we do, we have to listen to Buffett. I'll give it a shot. You'll give it a shot. A, All right. There's probably a song somewhere that I like. Oh, I, Get Drunk I and Screw it. did make me laugh. Yeah, see? See? He does that. <laughs> so it's probably there. It cannot be Cheeseburger in Paradise. It won't be. It won't be. <laughs> that will make me go on a psychopathic murder rampage. <laughs> right. So that one I just have to avoid. All right. Well, Mish, has, we have told the tale of Sir Jimmy Buffett <laughs> and his burger-loving parrot. <laughs> and I... <laughs> anyways. All right, Mitch. Do you want to wrap this up? I This has got off track. Yeah, that sounds right. Do you have anything you've been cranking? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you have probably been little old Jimmy Buffett. Yes, quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I'll probably put a Jimmy Buffett song on the playlist. I'm not sure which one yet, though. But it yeah. will not be Cheeseburger. <laughs> if it is Cheeseburger and Paradise, I will quit this fucking podcast right it won't now. Be that. I'll do that. I'll do you that solid. <laughs> um, well, this is also kind of funny, and this could have been a future episode, but I think I might I might rip it out from under you. Um, a future make me like it. Um, lately, I have been cranking. Weezer. Ooh, cool. So I went on this weird journey where I was just like, you know, here's the thing. As I get older, I start to give a shit less about yeah. stuff. Yeah, Th- me too. Which is, that's what yeah. I, again, not to bring it back to Jimmy Buffett, but I don't give a shit how lame it is anymore. Look at me. I'm enjoying my life. And I'm having can fun, goddammit. <laughs> no, uh, I... <laughs> I, I get that, and maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just going to turn into every old man, every grumpy old man that's ever lived. I don't know, but it's just like, I just don't care. And I was like, you know, I want to go back. I remember me as a, as a kid owning make-believe, and, and I used to listen to make-believe and In Your Honor at the same time, and, uh, you know, that was around the time I was getting really informed on rock music, and I went back and I listened to some Weezer songs that I know and I like, and I was like, you know... Man, I like Weezer. And I also thought, man, it must kind of suck to be a Weezer fan because <laughs> what the fuck do uh, what who why? Why do they make such <laughs> bad decisions? Because here here's what I'm getting at is I went back and I listened to um a little bit of the Red album, a little bit of Make Believe when I started, like when when I kind of got into Weezer. Um, I also listened to actually all of Everything Will Be Alright in the end. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? I liked it. I thought I, it was a pretty good album. I like it, too. Yeah. There was a couple songs that I was like, I don't know if I really love this song, but it's not bad. Um, but there was a, quite a few that I really liked. Um, the song I kind of wanted to highlight or talk about slightly was Back, Back, Back to the Shack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that song when it came out and listening to it now, I still really, really like it because I think it's a good song. I think it's a fun song. Um, I think Rivers like was actually being kind of honest when he talked about the song. Like Mm -hmm. we kind of went in a weird direction. I want to get back to where we were when we kind of broke and like my whole idea for what I wanted to do in music. Um, 
I guess what bothers me about Weezer is I don't know how like three or four albums later then they were back to making shitty music. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And so, it is but, frustrating. Yeah, like that's where I would just like and and I would just drive myself up a wall because I'm just like I it would just be so frustrating to have a band who I know could go back and make music for nerdy kids. The thing about Weezer that I actually really do love and respect and I think it's like Blue Album era Weezer, is that these were kids who would, at least Rivers. Rivers was the epitome at that point in time of the kid who would get stuffed into lockers, pick (laughs) pick last for dodgeball, but he came out and put out a fucking good rock and roll album. Oh, yeah. And and it was. It was a nerdy rock and roll album. Like, the Sweater Song is such a wallflower D&D playing motherfucker kind of song mm-hmm. yeah but well, I guess he's got a bugs- song he's got a song on the blue album called in the garage where he talks about D&D like he's a nerd man <laughs> yeah I actually didn't know that that's actually pretty yeah. funny um but that totally tracks and I guess it's like I understand that you're not you don't want to be a one-trick pony and you want to do other kind of stuff but when the heart when at the heart of it you kind of lose sight of where you started or where you came from or who you are mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're kind of trying to write these boppy pop songs yeah i think it's 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 kind of it, it's really sad but i think it's kind of them still trying to stay relevant like they they out of nowhere just kind of overnight became a meme and rather than you know in response to that try to put out some good ass music they embrace that meme and put out a cover album with like africa on it and they're like oh let's ride this they basically took their entire music career and tried to capitalize on on it by like turning it into a tiktok video like oh tiktok's cool with the kids right let's do that then well and that's why i wish that weezer would have doubled down on who weezer is Mm -hmm. and i wish that they would have like went darker and heavier yeah yeah and that would have really probably actually made me like a diehard weezer fan yeah because if you like if you know like rivers Cuomo, his biggest influence like as a kid when they were starting weezer was like kiss that was his favorite band um quiet riot like 80s hair metal was a huge influence to them and they've never done anything remotely you know close to that (laughs) yeah and i think it could even just be fun as like a parody or just like an experience i mean ryan adams put out a goddamn metal album for god's sakes so why can't weezer maybe do that (laughs) with the same level of success i i don't know i guess like but that's kind of how that went and i Mm -hmm. and i did loosen up a little bit about weezer i'm like you know i think that they've made musical mistakes and I shouldn't hold them to every single musical mistake mm. or even personal mistake that they made. Yeah, I, um, they do have a new album coming out. And I'm going to say this with a grain of salt because I have no idea. But I feel good about it from what I've heard so far, because it is kind of them the closest they've ever come to, like embracing the 80s kind of rock. And, and I think you might like it. Um, they're actually um, they ha- they have a new song on the new Bill and Ted uh, movie soundtrack. Um, oh, that yeah. They just put out a music video for and it's fantastic. Um, I'll so to check that out. It's, it's very like 80s rockish. So check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, all right. Well, that was uh, this episode. I have to pee super bad. OK, so we're going to wrap her up. We're going to wrap her up. Um, thank you, you filthy cheese bags. 
and you cheeseburger loving parrots, <laughs> may God carry you to your own personal Margaritaville. Stay fresh, cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs>